Let's Talk Broncos. Joey Richards, Zach Seegers, I'm Bree Maestas. Guys, how are you? We just got news. Chris Paul is not going to be playing in game six. How do you feel about it, Zach Seegers? The Chris Paul somehow uh, makes the Phoenix Suns worse, which I love. So I think this is kind of bad news. I was hoping he would play and slow their pace of play down and open the door uh, for a Nuggets victory or an easier Nuggets victory. Um, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm not going to say anything else, but go Nuggets. <laughs> Me personally, I would love Chris Paul to be on that floor just so that I know he's on the floor when that Nuggets confetti starts dropping. That's, that's all I want. <laughs> so confident i have my nuggets confetti from the uh the last series in my purse still listen i think i should have been in that building last night glad they were able to pull it off without us being there um looking forward to game six tomorrow obviously but this is let's talk broncos tonight we've got a fun show for you if you want to engage with the show get your questions and comments highlighted jump on over to the mile high sports youtube or facebook page uh, throw them in the live chat while you're there. We like the company. I'm back. Happy to be here with the boys. And tonight we're going to be talking about the Denver Broncos greatest strengths. I know you guys on Monday talked to uh, Amir over at Broncos Avenue about kind of the weaknesses that still exist within the roster. But today we wanted to go a little bit more positive and talk about what are some of the strengths that exist right now? We made it through the draft. We made it through free agency for the most part. There's a couple of uh, players out there that the Broncos could still have some interest in. But uh, what are the position groups that don't need the help? I want to know what you guys think. I want to know what Broncos country thinks. So if you're a part of the Let's Talk Broncos community and you want to tell us what you think, hop on over, give us a shout. Let's hop right into it, though. Don't want to delay any further. And I am going to start with Joey Richards. What are the Broncos' greatest strengths as you see them right now? Yes, Bree. I think the biggest strength on this Broncos team is inside linebacker, honestly. The top end might not be amazing, but when we're talking about depth, they have four guys that I think are all plenty capable um, and could all step in and play this season and I think contribute and be good, where it still wouldn't be a need. Four, uh, those four being um, Josie Jewell, Alex Singleton, Drew Sanders, Jonas Griffith, I think all four of them could play, and I wouldn't have a problem with any four of them playing. Honestly, I've seen three of them play at a level where I feel comfortable enough, and I like Drew Sanders a lot, the draft pick, and I think he could. And He brings a different element to that linebacker room as well than the other guys do. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go inside linebacker. I would definitely say the Broncos do not need to add one at all. They are set there. Different types of guys. They have fast guys. They have high football IQ guys. Unfortunately, no. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'm not including him in my um, in the reasons as to why the inside linebacker room is deep. Uh, Sternad for uh, shout, out, shout out to Justin Sternad. Uh, anyways, I think the four I listed, great four. Um, but anyways, what do you guys think about that? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, uh, no love for Sternat, uh, Sternat on the Let's Talk Broncos podcast. Unfortunately, I was a big fan of him coming out. It hasn't worked out. Uh, yeah, I do think this is one of the strongest positions. Um, I, I think when I was doing this exercise, I was looking at, you know, who has the strong starting groups uh, inside linebacker. Absolutely. One of those. I think um, <laughs> Josie Jewell is the truth. And um, Alex Singleton was amazing last year as well. Um, I, I am curious to see if that carries over to year two uh, with the Broncos, but both those guys I thought were really, really good last year. 
Um, the depth is great with Sanders and Jonas Griffith, as Joey said. I do think there's a consistent gap in pass coverage. Um, I think Drew Sanders has the uh, ability to solve that down the road. Um, I don't think he's there right now. I don't think he's the guy right now because I did see some of this post-draft because he's a very good athlete. But, oh, now we've got someone to cover the tight ends in the AFC West. And I think one day he could be that, but that's probably not in 2023. So I do think there is that one hole in the room, though it's absolutely one of the strongest groups on the team. Uh, there's a noticeably absent name there on the list. The Broncos also have Ray Wilborn uh, from, uh, I believe, I just forgot, Michigan, Lansing, Michigan. I think he was on the Falcons at some point, but the Broncos picked him up, have him on the roster there as inside linebacker. Uh, I had to look it up, so no fault of your own. Uh, probably. Throwing that, <laughs> probably, I but I think we can go ahead. Thanks, Trinod is better than him. Yes, I would agree there. There's our love for Sternot. I mean, no disrespect. I mean, no disrespect. It was a little disrespectful. I'm going to put it out there. Hey, listen, I'm here to speak facts on this podcast. I'm not going to be lying to the people. The four I listed are the ones. All right. I don't hate it. I'm going to keep Justin Sternod's name out of it. Well, I think the Broncos are fairly set for a long time, obviously having Jewel on contract, I believe through 2024, but the Alex Singleton signing kind of makes that a, where do they go from there? Uh, I don't think they need to pick up anybody in that realm. I like the pick Joey, Zach, how about you? Yeah, I think, I think mine would be, um, I'm going to go safety. Uh, I, I, we got to give love to the safeties. I forget if we said it on our last show or the one before that, but recently we were on here and talking about safety, maybe being the strongest or this best safety room in the NFL. And I think that's, uh, uh, absolutely true. You've got the best, um, I think overall safety in the NFL and Justin Simmons. I'm surprised it's not viewed more clear cut, um, nationally. Like I think Minka's good, but I don't think he's as versatile as Simmons is. I think it's like Simmons or Derwin James and Derwin James can't stay healthy. Um, uh, the one thing, uh, also the amazing depth. Um, we talk about, you know, who's going to fill that box role. Um, but you've now, you now look at having Kareem Jackson, JL Skinner and Delarin Turner yell all added kind of with that role in mind, you kind of, and all, maybe not so much Turner yell, but there's a good bit of depth there. Um, and I think you just have that one um, questionable fit overall, which is, uh, and we talked about it a little with the draft, although the quotes have said they're maintaining a lot of the Evero Fangio defense, the personnel moves they're making point more towards advanced Joseph defense. And if that's the case, does Caden Stearns really fit in that alongside Justin Simmons? Um, uh, Frankie's talked about maybe they're going to look to trade Justin Simmons and slot Caden Stearns in there. Maybe Caden Stearns continues to ride the bench, which is an option I wouldn't really love. I think that's forcing the talent on the roster to fit the scheme rather than like making your scheme fit the talent you have. Um, so I do wonder about that one questionable fit outside of that though. It's very hard for me to poke holes in this room. I see special teams contributors. I see versatility. I see depth in multiple roles. 
Um, so I, I think it's the best position group on the team and the best safety room in the NFL. I didn't get to do my victory lap on Monday. So today I'm going to be doing it. Kareem Jackson, obviously back on the roster. I think it was an absolute no brainer. We've talked to multiple Broncos players, uh, who are active on the roster, who have played with Kareem Jackson. We've heard all of the coaches just have, uh, just gleaming reviews for the person, the player, the veteran, the mentor. I'm just so happy that he's back and that helps bolster that safety group more so more so if it ends up being in a mentorship way but I also think the guy can still ball I think that just uh increases the structure and the integrity of the uh, defensive back room although I want to talk to you a little bit Zach I knew I, we, we kind of had this conversation throughout the season of maybe safety isn't the concern of not having enough bodies on the roster. It's the idea of having enough defensive backs. Do you think that's still in play here with having a very strong safety group and cornerback having a concern at corner cornerback? Cause we always talk about how maybe that's a little bit depleted. What do you think about that? I mean, I think both are true. Um, it depends the bodies you have in the room. Um, uh, a guy like Caden Stearns offer, like he can play, cornerback in that you know dimebacker nickelbacker role um or he can be i think a true safety he's also lined up plenty in the box like i think he is truly versatile and he can uh do everything you'd want of a safety i think that's one of his superpowers um i think the same thing can kind of be said about riley moss in the other direction um that he almost not exclusively but lion's share of his snaps in college we're at boundary corner, but when you look at like what he's really good at and the holes in his game, it points to maybe a move to safety or moved inside corner um, or nickel corner rather uh, like ESPN's graphic, for example, when he was picked listed him as a safety. So a guy who definitely also has that positional versatility. So in some ways I think it's a defensive back count, but I don't think you could maybe do that as seamlessly with like, a Delaren Turner Yeller, a Kareem Jackson, where at this point in their career, I really want them kind of in that box safety role. I also want to point out, and then Joy, I'm going to ask you a question. I saw an article the other day that said Caden Stearns wasn't going to start or be ready for training camp uh, this upcoming season, which seems a little bit uh, against what actually the player had told us here on Let's Talk Broncos, that he was feeling great, ready to start, and had zero limitations, was feeling better than he has, ever has been. I'm going to probably take what the player has to say, Zach. Yeah, and I fully agree with that. You should take what the player has to say and... I don't know. It's just uh, we see players sometimes disagree with the team on health. Um, like Lamar Jackson, kind of Kawhi Leonard, like a famous non NFL example. Um, but it's almost always uh, the player doesn't think they're ready and the team wants them to suit up. I don't know if I've ever really seen a case where a player is adamantly saying they feel totally healthy and they're all ready to go. And the team is holding them on the sidelines. Um, especially like in training camp and stuff, I, I would definitely side with Caden here. Joey. Sorry, Brie. Go ahead. <laughs> Joey, same question to you, but also interesting. Do you think Kareem Jackson was brought back specifically to start in place of Caden Stearns until he's healthy to go? Or do you think that that's just warranted depth in uh, the defensive back room? Obviously I think Christian Park pro Parker probably wanted Kareem back. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I would assume it, 
isn't for him to start, but they signed him because it adds a body where it's like this guy is a vet and we feel comfortable with him starting if it needs to happen. It's insurance, I think, is what it is, while you're also adding somebody that's going to be terrific for all the reasons you mentioned, Bree, in the locker room. Um, that's kind of what I think. I I, I just – I don't know. I, I the, My only worry about this safety room is kind of what Zach said earlier where it's like, does Caden's fit next to Justin make sense if they do go to a Van Joseph defense? But it's not just Caden. Do any of these guys outside of jail Skinner make sense next to <laughs> Justin Simmons if he is truly running a box safety look? None of them fit that type. Don't you think K-Jack does at this point in his career? I don't think he's big enough to do that. I don't think he can work through anything like that. I don't, I don't even mm-hmm. really want him – guarding tight ends like that where it's a physical mismatch i i I think jl skinner that type of guy is what i'd be looking to fill that role and i don't feel comfortable with any of the other guys personally if i were to go into this i would be thinking with the idea that they with all the statements that were made and everything like that where it's like yes we're going to continue to run a defense similar to last year i think that they will this year but they are starting to move the ship in a different direction. That's kind of my take. I think we're going to start seeing talent accumulated that fits Vance Joseph's defense, but while they still have this um, personnel in place, they're going to run with the Evero type system. I think that's dead on. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, I guess that leaves me greatest strengths. I think the tight end group was probably pretty strong even before they went and traded for uh, Troutman. So I don't think there was a whole lot of holes there. You obviously have concerns with Greg Dulcich and injuries, but I'm never going to speak down in that aspect because I feel like he was already playing at a at a rate that was beneficial for the Broncos, but it was in the past offense. So what does it mean moving forward in the Sean Payton era? I think obviously uh, adding Manhurts, who you guys have both touted as a very strong blocking component for what they want to achieve in this offense. I think it was a strong move, but I don't see any holes there, even though I think there's a little bit of a detriment there of what Albert O will lend to this uh, Broncos team moving into 2023. I still think it's pretty well around it do you guys agree or disagree oh, i feel comfortable with the tight end room pre i do um i think that dulcich is going to have a really good year and i think it's going to shock sean payton that's that's kind of my take the way sean payton has kind of treated this tight end room or the feel of it and everything mm-hmm. i've heard um is that it's something that they're going to want to really address and they did address it in the draft they traded for a guy who is going to get snaps. And then they added Manhurts, who's a blocking tight end. He has plenty of experience actually seeing the football field and getting a ton of snaps and just blocking his butt off. Um, so I do think this is a strength, actually. Bri, I think this is a good pull. It's not one that I would have thought of. Um, but, yeah, I think they have multiple different types of tight ends, too. It's not just like they're loaded up on a receiving tight ends that can't block or, you know, it feels like in the Broncos past they've loaded up on tight ends that really aren't great at either. <laughs> they're like, Oh, they're versatile. We, he can do a little of everything. Little everything's great, but you want them to be really good at at least something. And it felt like in years past that they didn't have that. The Broncos have a bunch of different archetypes of tight ends that are all really good at one specific thing, which I like. 
Well, and I also think it's just going to lend to Russell Wilson's strengths as well. Although it's kind of been counterintuitive. What we saw last season was kind of a big fluke. Also forgot to mention the addition of Burton. So obviously fullback, but still going to play in that inline role. So I'm excited to see what happens here. I know it's going to be a lot of tough contact. I know it's going to be through the middle, which is a weak point in Russ's game. But I think that there is a method to the madness. At least I'm hoping so. I want to see uh, a little bit of stat padding there when it comes to the tight ends in this weaponry for Russell Wilson. Yeah. 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 I, I like it, Bree. Uh, I'll, I'll push back a little. It's good. You added the uh, Michael Burton point. Cause I do agree there. They, they finally got a real fullback to play fullback for them, which I think is smart. Get, get players who play the position to play the position. It's a novel concept, but I think a good one. Um, uh, I'd also love Greg Dulcich. I worry a little about kind of what Joey pointed out that, Maybe there's some weird fit things with Sean Payton. Maybe that was a pick that or a player that Nathaniel Hackett was really excited about, but maybe we'll have a hard time fitting with the new staff. I don't think he should based on uh, Payton's past success with uh, pass catching tight ends, but some of his moves making the move for Troutman and, and man hurts point to the other thing. Also point back. I kind of wish they had a little more do it all in this room. I feel right now, if you see man hurts out there, it's kind of a clear tell as is Greg Dulcich. I don't think they have a lot of, uh, uh, I think they're going to have a lot of tendency tells based on their tight ends and, and the usage in their offense. Um, uh, Even if you're I running will, two, like right next to each other. That'll be the thing. I think we will probably see to your point, a good bit more 12 personnel. And then that'll, I think make it a lot, uh, a lot easier to work. You could also see Greg Dulcich lining up some in the slot this year. Um, like, I think that's kind of the idea with the bills and Dalton Kincaid and how they're going to fit Knox and him together. Um, overall, I do think it's one of the stronger ones. I'd say it's the, it was just off my list. I love the talent in Dulcich. I love the talent in Manhurts. Joey's right. They are very good at their assigned roles. I want to see more from Troutman. Um, Saints fan, I have not watched film, but Saints fans were very excited that they got a pick for him at all. Um, he saw his snap count diminish from year two to year three. Uh, and um, I don't know. I'm I'm a little dubious about that, though. I do think, hey, what what better are you going to get for that seventh round pick? I think it was a smart roster move and it, it fleshed him out and it gave him a, a bit more versatility there. And it's clear Sean Payton really loves him. The amount of picks Sean Payton between his time as the Saints head coach and now as the Broncos head coach has traded for Adam Troutman is something. So he does have a clear vision for him and that adds to his value. Joey, a little bit of a complaint that I know I noted with you back when the, the pick for Greg Dulcich came down. I know we were in Vegas. You were worried about maybe not size so much, but a little bit undersized. And that's to be expected with a rookie. We know a little bit time. Uh, it takes a little bit of time to kick into that tight end position. Troutman's a little bit bigger, though. He's a little bit beefier. He's grown into that position. What are you specifically looking from the tight end, specifically Troutman, uh, to kind of note uh, that they made the, the right decision there, whether or not you believe it's yeah. going to happen? I think Troutman kind of is the do-it-all guy, or that's the idea of him, is, the, is that he is the do-it-all guy. We can throw him out there in any scenario when we feel comfortable with him playing tight end out there for the Denver Broncos this year. I think as the tight end room in general, it's going to be harder for it to be noticeably improved, I think. Um, it will be improved, just noticeably, because Russell Wilson is the quarterback, and 
honestly, at the end of the day, people, as much as everyone's like, we need a blocking tight end, when we get one, everyone hates them. No one likes their blocking tight end. Everyone hates their blocking tight end. You get a blocking tight end and the entire fan base complains when he touches the field. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I totally agree, though, that we did need one. I'm just already gearing up for, why the heck did we sign this man hurts guy? Why did we trade for, uh, you know, I, I can already see it coming a million miles away. Listen, Broncos country is fueling and they're ready for high octane offense. They want a lot of points. They want a lot of scores, but I don't think they're willing to kind of understand that that may not be through the air this year, although it's what we were expecting last year, Zach. Yeah, honestly, they've earned it. It's crazy that we're living in the era of offensive football and Broncos country has really like they got to experience them at the very like front end of it. And since they've had it eight years of anemic offense now, like no one else has. And I think it's going to continue into this upcoming season because they're <laughs> going to be kind of this weird run first attack. Oh man, we lost Joey. We're That's flying okay. with the two of us. Um, uh, sorry, goodness. That totally made me lose my trade. Oh, Adam Troutman. Um, I think I, I fully agree with Joey. <laughs> that take was just so bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um I, I agree with Joey on Adam Troutman. My thing is just, is, is he that? I think that's the vision of him. He, for him to be that do it all guy. I don't think we've seen it in, seen it in the NFL. He, uh, you know, rookie season generally slow for a tight end. That's normal year two. He became a larger part of the saints offense year three. He became a much smaller part of this saints offense. They went away from him. Um, generally not something you want to see from guys on a rookie contract. But it it takes like five years to get into pure form. Could this be the prime time for Austin Troutman? But I, I guess we saw them give him a shot and make him a big part of their offense. And then they went, ooh, we don't want to do that anymore. And then they made him a very small part of their offense. That's the concerning part to me. Now, yes, it takes tight ends a while to develop. I'm not saying I'm throwing in the towel on Adam Troutman. I'm saying I struggle to say we have a great do it all tight end because I don't think we've seen him be a even good do it all tight end um, at the NFL level yet. Okay. I have one thing to say about this do it all tight end thing. I don't know how, like there are no do it all tight ends that actually do it all that you can sign for cheap. Like they're all good. Or the guys that you're signing for cheap or trading for cheap that are do it all don't really do anything good. They just do a little, <laughs> they do a little <laughs> bit here and there. Okay. I could catch the ball. All right. I block. Okay. It, none of them are actually doing it all is my issue with the do it all guys at that price range. It's like, okay, do I want the guy that's you were marketing Troutman as the do it all guy. So I think like, that's and we're talking, his idea. Case, he's not a blocking specialist. He's not a pass catching specialist. So what, I'm just telling you the issue that I have with the do it all guys that that level is just like doing trading. I don't think the Broncos would have could have gotten any better uh, than him. If you were looking for that archetype of tight end at that range, that price range, whatever you traded for him, it is what it is. These guys are just going to be like that. I think. 
that's fair. I wanted to say hi to Daniel Fleming and uh, Fenning and Paul, who are both in the YouTube chat. Daniel, haven't seen you for a while. He also said, sorry, he was late. We're not sorry that you were late. We're happy that you joined. Uh, also said, I love the moves. Running the football is how you win. And it, it opens up the passing game. Can't agree enough. Guys, I have a question for you, though, and I can't get off the tight end train because I think it's an appropriate one. And then I'll get to Paul's question here in just a moment. If you could assemble the elite tight end for the Denver Broncos using the current tight ends on the roster. What's each individual characteristic that you're putting together to make the do it all guy. Hmm. Ooh, top speed of Albert. O. only the top speed, but like the movement <laughs> skills of Greg Dulcich. Cause Greg Dulcich is like, I think of four, six, four, seven, 40, a guy. Albert O does not have great movement speed unless it's a straight line. Give, give Greg Dulcich just a little more of that straight line speed. Um, I think all the pass catching stuff would be Greg Dulcich, just like his understanding of the concept. Uh, man hurts his blocking, and size then maybe Troutman's body. I think size of man hurts. I want, I want how big is he? Albert, I uh, Chris uh, in that 260 pound body of man hurts, yeah, 6'6, 260. You're and right, I yeah, want, you go man hurts for body, yeah, Alberto speed and blocking, catching with um. With his, also his movement skills, like Zach said, that would be the perfect tight end. And to Joey's point, we're not really like even now as I'm trying to think, like what would I grab from Adam Troutman? Adam Troutman. It's nothing because it he is that do that do it all guy that I think is kind of doing nothing. And that was kind of my point. I am not excited. I'm not excited about it because there's this idea that you you bring on these talents and you're somehow replacing Dulcich. I think there's a combination here, which will see the type of personnel usage that's going to make Broncos country, one, a little bit uncomfortable, but two, is going to highlight their strengths here because they're the strongest positional group currently on the roster. All right, to Paul's question, because I think it's an interesting one. Hello, friends. Can coaching be the biggest strength? Hmm, I like it. I would. I would probably... Okay, if I it depends. Am I talking head coach or do I have to include the entire staff? Because I think I'd have um it says I mean coaching. Could it just... be I should say yes, it could. Would I include it on my list if I'm talking about the entire staff? I really like what Sean Payton is doing. I love Sean Payton, the head coach. I like his offensive staff. Um VJ is the one that I'm a little worried about. We'll see. We'll see with Vance Joseph. Matt, and then some of the position coaches, it's not quite – I'm mainly thinking of the offensive line coach. Um, but, like, inside linebacker coach is another one. We were talking about Drew Sanders, and we looked at that, and it's like, oh, this guy's coached inside linebackers one year in the last two decades. There's a couple of those where it's like it, – it's not necessarily the all-star – it's not the all-star staff I expected when they hired Sean Payton. Like, you look at what Frank Reich brought to Carolina – with their super rich ownership. And this is the staff doesn't count against the salary cap. This is a great place for the, the um, wealth of your owner to put like the thumb on the scales a little bit and give you an unfair advantage. Um, and we just saw the Panthers and an experienced coach and Frank Reich do it. I was expecting Sean Payton to be able to do that. And it's not like Nathaniel's Hackett staff where it's like, woo, none of these guys have ever done this before. It's a lot of experienced guys that have been around for a while, but it's uh, it's not like the Monstars. It's not the God Squad. 
Well, I think the Broncos might have learned their lesson the last two years trying to facilitate these big splashy plays for giant blockbuster trade value that you kind of realize that's not the end all be all fix it all. So I'm kind of glad they didn't go out on a limb and go a little bit crazy. But what kind of star power were you going to find out there for positional coaches? Maybe for OC and DC, I could understand there. I think that there's a couple of different options maybe that Broncos country wanted to see for defensive coordinator. But I'm kind of a little bit testy and a little bit worried about splash plays, about making these big moves for these big names, especially Sean Payton. The history, yeah. I guess, so I get it on the Sean Payton thing. My thing is there's no downside to investing a lot in your coaching staff and, and getting the most sought after names. The, the only downside is to Walmart's pocket and Walmart's doing fine. That like there, There's no damage to the, the rest of the things there. The one big swing is going to be spending a first round pick on Sean Payton. But man, if you're already taking, if you're already making the big swing on coaching staff, uh, fill out the room, get also the, the, the you, you've made the move that's going to cost you something, make all the little moves that really don't cost you anything. I think you'd be worried about, and I'm I'm sorry, this isn't pushback or trying to argue with you, although I said I was going to do it to start the show. It, wouldn't you be worried about paying coaches, big name coaches, that they're more worried about a paycheck than necessarily a younger coach coming in who's really and excited about the game and learning in a new team? I, I mean, these position coach jobs are not that glamorous. You know, it's like, uh, man, I forget the player. I was just hearing tell a story, but some former NFL player on some podcast was talking about it and how one of his old position coaches was talking about, oh, I feel like I'm lazy now. I'm only working 50 or 60 hours a week instead of 70 or 80. Um, like they, uh, uh, I, I don't know. It's not like the big shiny head coaching role. And I'm, I'm not saying like hire a bunch of divas, but you look at like, what um the panthers did like getting thomas brown who was widely sought after got some like head coaching interviews uh josh mccown who almost got the uh head coaching job with the texans last year like he's an up-and-coming excite a guy who's the the nfl's been coveting for a while who wants to make his mark as a coach um and the panthers wooed him away because they had a lot of money do staley one of the uh, most highly respected running backs coaches i believe he was with uh the eagles last year the Panthers just gave him more money and, and he went over there. I think he had his contract come up. Um, of course, there's the Evero stuff. Uh, D'Angelo Hall to, to be their assistant defensive backs coach when he's a widely respected just defensive backs coach. Um, I think these are young, hungry, passionate coaches who are very talented and, and love what they do. And that's why they're in the business. And it's, it's a little thing you can tweak with ownership that doesn't count against your draft capital, doesn't count against your salary cap. And I think it's huge for the development of the young talent on your roster. Yeah, I mean, well, I'll, I'll take Sean Payton. I'll, I'm waiting to see on some of these guys, but a guy like uh, Streif, the offensive line coach, I'm going to take, I, I'm fine with at the moment, just because I'm in, if anybody knows the guy at Sean Payton, he drafted Streif. When he retired at his retirement press conference, Sean Payton mentioned that we would love to have this guy come and coach. He coached, was an assistant offensive line coach for him. So I'm just going to allow him to hire a guy like that. And I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt just because, hey, I respect Sean Payton a lot as a coach. And I think that if anybody knows this guy, it would be him. Um, but there are some other curious ones. So it's just wait and see, I think.
I think the Streif one was interesting. We talked about it when it first happened. And it's if you want to put that trust there in that coach, I think there's a direct reason why. There's a longstanding relationship and he liked the way he played. He's probably going to like the way he coaches. It's an interesting concept. And I'm sure we'll have lots more to talk about it. But tonight, I think that's it for the strengths for the Broncos biggest strengths here heading into 2023. The schedule release is Thursday. I'm sure we'll have and be primed and ready for when that drops. Any bold predictions for the schedule, gentlemen? No, I just know that the schedule release is going to be over the top. It's just like it always is. gets bigger and bigger every year. Releases like movies. I don't understand what has happened with that or why the schedule release is so like interesting. <laughs> but they they found a way. The NFL's good, man. They're they know what they're doing. <laughs> it think... makes sense. Oh, go yeah. ahead. I'm so sorry, Bree. Now you go. Oh, I was just gonna say I think it's interesting that the Broncos don't have an international game this cup upcoming season. Those were already leaked out. What is interesting is that probably means, and I'm just gonna put it out there on record, that we could see a Mexico game for the Denver Broncos next season. So something to keep an eye on. I think Let's Talk Broncos needs to start uh saving up some money so yes. we can go to that game out there. Zach, go ahead. Yeah, on that great point on the international games, Bree. Um I forget if it's they need because they did some a year or two ago, the NFL broke up the teams into like different regions to try and grow their international thing. Certain teams are trying to grow the German market, uh, the London market, uh, the Brazilian market, I think is one. Um, uh, the Broncos got tabbed for the Mexico market. So I, I think to go back to Europe or something, I could be misremembering this, but I'm pretty sure to go back to Europe, they need one of those teams to invite them. And that's kind of how they were able to go with the Jags last year. Uh, but the the cool thing, and it's kind of the downside, because I think it'll replace a Broncos home game, but it does line up. They're one of the biggest teams in Mexico City. I've uh, learned from uh, some of the Broncos in Mexico, I believe is the name of the podcast, uh, podcasters. And uh, so, yeah, I'm very optimistic they get one over there soon. Uh, oh, my bold prediction would be... 30 put it out there. My bold prediction would be under... I'm going to say under two and a half primetime games and it's going to be uh, the Jets. And I don't know the other one. It could just be one single one, but I do think they'll give us Broncos Jets in primetime. Daniel Fenning says open primetime against the Jets. Guys, I'm going to put it out there. I don't think I can survive another opening Jets game. Just going to tell y'all right now. It's been a wild run. Yes. Yes. And I'm just going to cap this conversation off. Subscribe to the YouTube. Get us to Mexico. Um, if we get enough subscribers, I will go to Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> Not even for the game. He's just going to, he's going to move to, I, uh, I didn't <laughs> mention or what, what time, but if you guys subscribe, we'll go to Mexico. We podcast directly from Mexico now, just so you all know. That is what is actually happening. It's why I'm so tan right now. It's because I've moved and you're none the wiser. It's time for everyone's favorite time of the night and then we'll get you out of here. It's time for Joey's question of the day. Let's go. It is. And everybody. I think Joey Chestnut keeps getting bigger. I was about to say, I feel like he's gotten Why bigger. Why does he just get huge? Like, he just, I don't know what has happened. Anyways. I have not touched it, I swear, but he really does look good. All right, guys. <laughs> I had to wait for that last one. I knew it was coming. All right, <clears throat> guys. This is not football related and like at all what is oh. your favorite cuisine 
What is your favorite cuisine? Does cuisine mean cuisine doesn't mean like food. It means like type of food. Yeah, yes. like Mexican cuisine. Oh, so you just had to say Mexican side. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, because wow. we're just talking about moving the podcast to Mexico. Wow. Cancel him. All right. Okay. <laughs> Are you Irish? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So what's your favorite um, cuisine? Quibbing classy. Um uh, right, so shot clock, we got three. I, I mean, I don't know how this isn't just coming off the top of my Coop head. says Italian. Well, because I don't know. It depends on how I'm feeling. Obviously, I'm going to say Mexican food. It's what I've like grown up eating and everything. Okay. Well, but I really answer. like I really like seafood. You guys know I have a penchant for seafood, but that's not a cuisine. No, like Mediterranean? There's, there's, there's... I would say Mediterranean. Mediterranean food. Interesting. Ooh, Mediterranean's okay. good. That's a really good answer. Um yeah, like I like uh, some good. Uh, I don't know, <laughs> like pasta every day for the rest of my life. That's fair. Um, if you could say like Asian, because I like all the different cuisines. Like I like some Thai stuff. I like some Chinese. I like Japanese. Um, okay, let's go. Ta- I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Mexican. I'm gonna go Mexican. Let's model your answer down. Okay. He went. I like Thai Asian food. And he's like, well, because it's like I like pieces of all of them, but I can't like get it all. So I'm gonna go. I can't. Right. It's hard. It's hard. Daniel Fenning agrees with you. Mexican, also Ooh, Cuban, Cuban is good. Cuban food is really good. Ooh, I do. Like I've had. I had Puerto, uh, Puerto Rican like chicken and rice. Uh, yeah. I think it's. I'm not even gonna. I can't speak Spanish. Anyways, go ahead, some, Joey. I make a mean ropa vieja while we're talking Cuban food. <laughs> okay. Okay. You won't believe me, but it's true. It's good. I, I'm, I'm rocking with my man Colton Cooper in the chat. Italian food all day. I love it. It's the best. Um, yeah, I just think I don't even know. I felt like this was going to be unanimous here, but it was. You know, you know, Joey, you actually do kind of sound a little Italian, or maybe like from New York. But like you were born and raised here, right? I think you're yeah. mixing up the Joeys. Well, yeah. I was going to say, it's either the Joey Chestnut influ- influencing me. I don't know what side he's on, but we we're getting a little off the rails here. And that's because it was a really fun episode. want to thank you for tuning in. Guys, you already mentioned it once this evening. If you're watching, if you're listening to this over on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and you're over on Mile High Sports, please do us a favor and go all on over to Let's Talk Broncos. You can find us YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. Follow us, subscribe, tell us that you love the show, or tell us that you hate it, and I'll be prompts to block you. But you can find me over on Twitter, Bree Maestas 303, and listen to me on Mondays, the Fan Cave for Mile High Sports. Zach, where can they find your work? Uh, they can find me over at milehighsports.com. I've got uh, bus coverage for you. Uh, go over to YouTube uh, for all your Let's Talk Broncos coverage. And then um, uh, we'll have a vacation coming up soon here on the show. I think, I don't know the exact dates off the top of my head, what when we'll be missing, but this is kind of the Broncos dead period. We're going to take a week, maybe two off to, recharge and um, uh, they get ready for the upcoming Broncos season so we can um, go hard. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just be ready for that. Want, we'll, we'll communicate the exact dates for you guys once we have them, but just want to get that on all of your radar. Now go subscribe and go subscribe to the YouTube. I love yes. it. We already have uh, commenters coming through YouTube saying they love the show. Thank you, Daniel. 
thank you, Mr. Ito. Appreciate you so much for watching. But uh, go ahead and comment in the YouTube as well. Joey, where can people find all your cool stuff? Um, it will be found at JR Drafts on Twitter, Bree. And then also on the Let's Talk Broncos YouTube page. You can also find stuff on the Let's Talk Broncos Instagram. If you want to just like hit us up and talk to us, you could even join the Let's Talk Broncos <laughs> Discord. I mean, we're everywhere. Any, anywhere seven. When you're on your phone, you might find us. So <laughs> I highly recommend if you, you know, we have some content that comes out on Instagram that's not coming out on Twitter. We have some, just guys, you guys need to be following everything. Every little thing we do and get us to Mexico. Again, that's at JR Drafts. <laughs> Hi, Mr. Seegers. Hi, Dad. Thank you. <laughs> all right it's been a fun time thank you so much for supporting us watching the show and commenting along that's why we're here we're not just talking to ourselves we appreciate you guys and we'll see you on the next show make sure you're tuning in on thursday joey and frankie got you covered i believe yes okay you're there i'm there i, I don't know why i decided that that was the way to end the show but <laughs> all right.